1: Get started today. Visit rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 to get 50% off your lifetime membership now. That's rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 for 50% off.
2: <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. Like, I'm not macabre. I'm not like uh, uh, the guy from Harold and Maud. You know, I'm not obsessed with death. This
3: is Ryan Lassard, A fan of Legos, science fiction, and a local reporter. Full disclosure, he used to work for NHPR. And if it weren't for him, this story probably would never have
2: happened. I like to uh, uh, read and think about stuff that is
3: maybe uncomfortable for most people. For a long time, Ryan had been thinking about what will happen to his body when he dies. Today, his body is wearing a pair of narrow glasses and a flannel shirt don't know how to introduce myself (laughs) his wife Sina is sitting next to him in Ryan's video game chair there's an album of wedding photos placed nonchalantly on the table
4: yeah actually it's funny when we first started dating when we were in that like getting to know you phase and we're asking each other about a bunch of different things I think I'm the one who brought it up first and I said well when I die I want to be a tree and I kind of laughed because I didn't know how he was gonna take it and Ryan was like yeah me too I want to be a tree too
2: (laughs) that's how we jokingly say be a tree you know like (laughs) like the the Lion King circle of life thing
4: yeah just like Mufasa said you know when we die our bodies become the grass and (laughs) the antelopes (laughs) eat the grass
2: And and the more we compared notes on the little finer details, like, you know, not being embalmed, not having a, a casket, uh, and then the actual tree, uh, you know, that was a sign. It wasn't the only sign, but it was
3: a sign. No,
4: we figured out we're the same brand of weird and it, it works for us, so.
3: Ryan and Sinehan aren't what you'd call green warriors. They don't have solar panels or a compost bin. They are not a zero-waste home. But their philosophy about what should be done with their bodies after they die, it's part of what's called the Green Burial Movement. You, you, you tell people this idea, that, and, and they think you're some
2: hippy-dippy New Age spiritualist, uh, but I actually come from it uh, from a more rational standpoint. Uh, it serves no real purpose to... to Embalm and entomb yourself. What good does it do? Who, who's getting this resource? The toll collectors to the underworld.
3: The funeral industry. Yeah. <laughs> you know. From New Hampshire Public Radio, this is Outside In, a show about the national world and how we use it. I'm Sam Evans-Brown. This is a story about a growing number of people, like Ryan and Sina Han, who want to forego embalming, caskets, and big granite monuments in favor of a more natural burial, and why that's easier said than done. Before we get going, I do want to be serious for a minute. In this episode, we'll be discussing and describing dead bodies and funeral practices. Some of it is gross, and if you've recently lost a loved one or are sensitive or squeamish about death, you might want to skip this one. If, however, you find death sort of grotesquely fascinating, enjoy! Right, right, you've been warned. Here's Taylor Quimby. So,
5: before I tell you about Green Burial and our two future trees, Ryan and Sinahan, first I have to tell you about the machine they want to disrupt, the modern American funeral industry. The moment you die, that's the moment this machine whirs to life. It's pretty quiet. People don't even notice it's on most of the time. It is very expensive, But don't worry, you're dead. This machine, unless someone shows you how to operate the thing, it'll scoop up your mortal coil and place it on a conveyor belt. And from there, all sorts of things will happen. The machine will preserve your body, package it, and process it, and that'll be that.
4: Everything's so fast these days. Everybody needs, it's all convenient. We need to get it all done. It's one-stop shopping. It's that Walmart mentality.
5: This is Mandy Damaris, a funeral director with FNEF Funeral Home, one of New Hampshire's largest providers of cremations and funeral services. She's warm and welcoming and, of course, dressed in shades of black.
4: So what you see most of these days is it's called um, a, you know, a same-day service. Everybody comes in, you have an hour of visitation, you go off to the church or even stay in the funeral home for your service, go to the cemetery and done all in one day. So we see that a lot more.
5: Vanef, like a lot of funeral homes today, is a one stop body shop.
4: Maybe have a grand tour. Great.
5: There's enough room to hold three memorial services side by side. There are three crematoriums, a room to shop for caskets, a room to shop for urns. Um,
4: all of our chapels are equipped with flat screen TVs where we can do um, slide shows for the family.
5: Pretty standard funeral fare. But how exactly did we get here? First, let's travel back to April of 1865, when a tall, lanky, and famously bearded corpse took an open-casket tour of America.
6: Uh, Abraham Lincoln, after he died, his body was embalmed and re-embalmed and bombed and re-embalmed, and they traveled him across the country on a parade for uh, for Americans to, to sort of gaze at his body.
5: This is Suzanne Kelly, a green burial advocate, historian, and author of the book Greening Death.
6: They actually disinterred his son during that parade as well, and um, and brought him on the parade. Weird. <laughs> yeah, yep,
5: yep. <laughs> now, preserving human bodies is an age-old practice. But this, this new form of chemical embalming, this was pretty new. Thousands of Union soldiers who died in the Deep South were embalmed and carted back home for burial. But none of them traveled as far and wide as Honest Abe. From Baltimore to Buffalo to Cincinnati to Chicago to Springfield, Lincoln's body skipped from city to city as thousands lined up for a glimpse of the president. One mourner, an escaped slave named Maddie Jackson, traveled to Indianapolis to see it. I could not feel convinced of his death until I gazed upon his remains, she said, and heard the last roll of the muffled drum and the farewell boom of the cannon. Fire! But seeing as chemical embalming was a relatively new thing, they hadn't exactly perfected the process. A few days into the tour, the fallen president's mouth started to kind of droop open, his skin discolored, And one New York Post reporter wrote, it's not the genial, kindly face of Abraham Lincoln. It is but a ghastly shadow. So, some kinks to work out. But Abe Lincoln's funeral tour and the embalming of Union soldiers, it was all the beginning of this new movement in America the rural cemetery movement.
6: The, the idea of embalming at that time was hitched to the idea not just of preservation in terms of gazing upon a body that was preserved like Abraham Lincoln's body, but the idea that the dead body needed to be cleansed of its filth.
5: A quick note here. This idea, that embalming is a form of sanitation, bogus. We now understand embalming serves no medical purpose. In fact, if you're dealing with people who died of infectious diseases, think Ebola for example, embalming is really dangerous. But people didn't really understand how disease worked yet.
6: There uh, was a belief at the time that if something smelled bad, it was the miasma theory, that people could actually get sick and die. And so what started to happen in towns and villages and these rising urban centers was that the, the dead were sort of pushed to the outskirts of town.
5: For ages, funerals had been a very DIY affair. Families took charge of most of the details, often in their own homes. Now, you needed a trained professional to embalm a body, To cleanse it, and later to sell you a fancy casket and coordinate with the bucolic new cemeteries. And thus, the machine was born. Let me take you on a little tour. Imagine a man dies quietly in his sleep. We'll call him Pluto, for you historians of Roman history out there. Before anything happens, there will be a discussion with Pluto's family about how this machine works, what buttons they're allowed to press, and how much stuff costs. It's a lot to take in, so let's skip ahead to the first big stop, the embalming. Not legally required, but let's say Pluto's family goes for it. The machine kicks into action. First, it sets his face. A little super glue on Pluto's eyelids to keep him from peeking. Pack up his cheeks with putty, sculpt a pleasant expression. Then, it sews his jaws closed by means of a wire, forced through the gums, then up through the back of the nostrils and tied off. Plug up the orifices, you know which ones I'm talking about. Then, make a couple incisions in Pluto's neck and turn on the pump. That forces out his blood and replaces it with a chemical cocktail. Then, almost over, I promise, the machine punctures Pluto's belly with a long, skinny metal tube called a trocar, sucks out all his organ fluids and bubbling gases. Fill them back up with a little more preservative, plug up the hole, and voila, step one complete. Next stop on the conveyor belt, cosmetics. A new suit, makeup on the face and hands, wash the body, spruce up the hair. Okay, now that Pluto's looking good, it's time to show him off. Simple pine coffins used to be pretty standard, but this machine has better ideas. And for this part, Pluto's family has got some big choices to make.
4: Sealed versus... Non-sealed um, wood versus metal. You know, helping them understand what um, you know what the functionality is versus what's just for show. You know, not for show, but you know, decorative.
5: If they've got enough dough, they could spend 12 grand for the Cadillac of caskets. But most models here are between three and five. Each one has a name, like a car or an IKEA nightstand. There's Hamilton, Edison, Monarch, Devotion. Caskets made from mahogany, maple, steel, even solid copper. Going with the Hamilton, I see. Very trendy choice right now. Pluto's nearing the end of the conveyor belt here, but not before he arrives at the burial vault section. And what is a burial vault, you ask? Well, it's sort of like a casket for your casket. A big hefty box made of concrete, plastics, and metals. Once cemeteries got moved towards the outskirts of town, they started being managed like parks. Nicely mowed grass, paved pathways, big granite monuments. As it turns out, burying bodies is bad for landscaping.
6: If you're running along with a lawnmower in the cemetery and you don't put a vault into the ground, when a body decays, you're gonna have a divot, right? You're gonna have a kind of a, a, a depression in the ground, right? And so it doesn't make it easy for the lawnmower to go over that depression. You know, it's not just to look pretty.
4: You know, there's a lot of heavy equipment in cemeteries that, you know, if they're driving over graves, you want to know that, you know, your loved one's body is preserved and cared for and protected underground, so.
5: Just in terms of like compression? Mm Mm-hmm.
4: Yep. Load-bearing. Yeah, exactly. And, um, you know, they're all sealed, so there's, you know, there's no chance of elements or, you know, little critters getting in there, and and that, you know, that makes people feel better, for sure.
5: So here's the thing about this machine. It's automated, it's convenient, and it makes money. And just like a lot of other automated, convenient, money-making machines, people like it. Death is weird and kind of taboo. Better to let the machine take care of it. But over time, it got more complicated and more expensive, and eventually someone started asking questions. In 1964, an author and journalist named Jessica Mitford published The American Way of Death, she lambasted the expensive products, the clever euphemisms, and the marketing. She went undercover and recorded a number of funeral directors falsely stating their products were mandated by law. A few years before her death in 1996, she was interviewed on stage by the writer and rabble-rouser Christopher Hitchens.
7: Is it, um, is it actually true that, that there was a casket named after you by an ungracious undertaker? Yeah,
5: well, actually,
6: um, I had a letter from a manufacturer in the Middle West with um, plans and specifications for what was go- he was going to market it as the Jessica Mitford casket. Oh. And it was going to be made with sort of rather cheap cardboard, you know. <laughs> and um, so, so there wasn't a thought of that.
5: Mitford's book was a huge hit. It sparked congressional hearings and new consumer protections. Burial costs went down, cremations went up. When it was first published, about 3% of Americans were cremated. Today, that number is 43% and rising.
4: It's become the norm. Uh, We needed to put in a third cremation chamber just to to keep up with it. You know, we can do 12 cremations a day, every day. (laughs) Yeah, it's pretty... uh,
5: Using all three? All three.
4: Yeah, Yeah, we do a three three cremation rotation every four hours. Cremations at 8, noon, 4, and 8.
5: So in a lot of ways, Green Burial is just the next logical step in that same backlash. Another attempt to get off the conveyor belt once and for all. No embalming, no big heavy casket, no concrete liner. Do not pass go. Do not collect $200. But where cremation continues to take off, Green Burial, well, it just hasn't really caught on. And sure, part of that has to do with the American funeral industry. But it's not the only thing holding it back.
6: you really really want it all to work out while you're away monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind when all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync things just flow wherever you are tap the banner to go to
5: monday.com
0: hey everyone it's ted from consumer cellular the guy in the orange sweater and this is your wake-up call If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for less. And for a limited time, new customers receive their second month free when they sign up and use promo code MONTHFREE by May 31st. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or
5: visit ConsumerCellular.com.
1: Taxes, fees, and other third-party charges will apply. See website for additional details.
5: The first green or natural burial ground in America opened in Westminster, South Carolina, in 1998. It's called Ramsey Creek, and it's the brainchild of two very green bodies, Dr. Billy Campbell, the town physician, and his wife, Kimberly.
8: Um, I moved, actually, in the late 70s. I'm nearly native. (laughs) (laughs) Close enough.
5: (laughs) Now, Ramsey Creek doesn't look anything like your ordinary cemetery.
8: Well, first of all, let me say that we don't like to use the word cemetery.
5: What it really looks like is a small park, about 85 acres, with an old country house, a barn, a chapel, and a series of little paths. I've seen pictures, and if you're not paying attention, I'm not sure you'd even see the little flat stones that pepper the ground just off the trails. Those are grave sites, but they blend right into the landscape. It is not a place that screams death, and Kimberly says that's part of the point.
8: We've had weddings there. We've had baby blessings there. We've had um, environmental education seminars there. Dogs are always welcome. Of course, we do pet burials.
5: How many people are buried on the site?
8: We have over 400 people, which includes pets, I guess, buried at Ramsey Creek, with more in sales.
5: I think of conservationists like Billy and Kimberly as the vegans of the green burial movement. They came first. And they weren't protesting outside of funeral homes or anything. They just represent one extreme on the spectrum of environmental action. For them, green burial isn't just a personal choice, it's a grand mission.
8: Our focus is finding a funding mechanism to raise money for buying land and doing what we call CPR for the land, conservation, preservation, restoration.
5: And with that mission comes a lot of rules. No invasive flowers or plants, no conventional headstones, no extensive landscaping, low burial density, opportunities for scientific research, education, and most importantly, burial grounds that further conservation, that buy up land. To them, anything less than that dilutes the power and potential of the green burial movement.
1: Thank you for calling the Green Burial Council. Our normal business hours are 9 a.m.
5: That's why in the early 2000s, another green burial vegan named Joe Seahe paired up with the Campbells, and they started the Green Burial Council. Kate Kalanick is currently its executive director.
1: Do you want me to just start spotting off numbers here yeah, for you? Uh, yeah, let's hear it. Okay.
3: Uh,
5: Kate will tell your... you that traditional burials use up to 33 million board feet worth of wood every year enough wood to build more than 2,000 single-family homes.
1: Um, at that point, we're using 5 million gallons of embalming fluid, um, which contains, obviously, the from formaldehyde.
5: But not everybody and, uh, interested in green burial is actually focused on the quote-unquote green
9: part. One of the things that I find interesting is that uh, for religious and secular people alike who are attracted to green burial, they'll often quote that kind of biblical wisdom tradition of dust to dust, earth to earth, ashes to ashes, and that's something that they're seeking Uh, at least spiritually, even if it's not part of their kind of religious background.
5: These are the folks I call the green burial vegetarians. And lots of them are people of faith, like Ben Stewart.
9: So I'm Ben Stewart. I'm uh, an associate professor of worship at the Lutheran School of Theology at Chicago.
5: After Ramsey Creek, some of the first people to pursue green cemeteries were priests and rabbis. But they weren't always doing it in the way that the Green Burial Council would have
7: preferred.
9: In the Jewish tradition, typically you don't embalm a body. But one of the things I like about uh, most rabbinical wisdom on this is to say, well, if a body, you don't embalm a body, but if you have to fly somebody across the ocean to, to go home, then embalm the body. Because the, in, the, in the end, the question is about the dignity of this beautiful vessel of God. And that logic of honoring a body, I think, is, is beautiful in the natural burial movement.
5: In a way... Jews and Muslims, they're the OGs of the Green Burial Movement. They've been carrying on traditions of simple earth-to-earth burials since whenever. But they haven't totally escaped the machine either. In order to make sure Jewish bodies are, quote-unquote, in contact with the earth, funeral homes will drill holes in the bottoms of expensive caskets. And they'll place burial vaults upside down over the body, a practice called butter dishing. For me, uh,
2: you know, I I grew up... Christian, you know, obviously there's a big emphasis on the
5: afterlife. Catholic? No, Protestant. This brings us to a third category. If the conservationists are green burial vegans and the faithful concerned about the dignity of the holy vessel are green burial vegetarians, then Ryan and Sinahan are burial ground pescatarians? Burial ground organic? Gluten-free burial grounders. Folks who are in it for personal reasons. I don't know I
2: don't know that spirituality uh, it, it plays that much of a role and I don't know that it should honestly because uh, spirituality should be more about uh, you know how you conduct yourself in life and uh, where you believe you're going to go when you're dead if anywhere and, and it shouldn't it shouldn't cost thousands of dollars if you want to get to it It shouldn't cost thousands of dollars to die. That should be the least expensive thing you do.
5: (laughs) They all want to get off the machine. But in a way, many of these folks are at odds with one another. The green burial vegans aren't happy about conventional cemeteries that allow green burial, which they think misses a big part of the environmental message. Green burial vegetarians, like Benjamin Stewart, want funerals to emphasize our commonality. Meanwhile, many gluten free burial grounders are looking towards green burial to set themselves apart. These divisions have played out physically, in cemeteries all over the country. Vegans, as led by the GBC, have pushed for full-on preservation-style burial grounds, burial parks more or less. Vegetarians and gluten-free folks, they paved the way for what are called hybrids, normal cemeteries that just have sections devoted to green burial that don't require caskets or burial vaults. In 2014, Kate Kalanick took over the Green Burial Council and started pushing the GBC to embrace the hybrid model. From her perspective, the hardline approach wasn't doing green burial any favors.
1: It is extremely important to the council for people to have options in their disposition. And the way to create options is for us to certify these conventional burial grounds because let's be real here, there's a lot more conventional burial grounds than there is green burial grounds. So how do you reach the masses? Through these locations that are literally everywhere.
5: The idea here is that instead of trying to get off the machine, why not just put a new button on the machine?
4: You have selected Green Burial.
5: After all, when someone dies, who do you call? A funeral director. And if they don't offer the option, not many people are gonna know to ask for it. But once a machine gets going, well, you know what happens. It starts to pump out products. All sorts of products.
6: Everything began with just an idea the idea to convert cemeteries into forests. Then that idea became the Bios Urn, a biodegradable urn designed to convert you into a tree after life.
5: This is an ad for the Bios Urn and InCube, a waist high milk white container where you can bury your cremated ashes and plant and nurture a sapling tree. You have selected. The BioCern. There are plain white shrouds. You have selected a plain shroud. But also all sorts of different caskets. You have selected cardboard. Ranging from 15 bucks for cardboard to a few hundred for the fancier options.
4: Press one to upgrade to a handmade wicker casket.
5: If you want to get super weird, the company Coeo offers something called the infinity suit.
6: So I'm here to explain why I'm wearing these ninja pajamas.
5: The suit looks and sort of like that, a black Snuggie, we'll covered in decomposition-enhancing mushroom spores.
6: So some of you may know about the chemical bisphenol A.
5: The BPA. spores supposedly clean up your body's toxins. The creator did, did a TED talk about it, the because the there's a TED talk about everything.
6: I believe this is the beginning of true environmental responsibility. Thank you.
5: For the vegans, this is what happens when a movement gets co-opted, greenwashed, sold out. This is what happens when the machine takes over the movement.
7: For Maple,
6: press one. press one to upgrade
7: Fiber the the
8: inter- right.
6: I mean I don't know that I necessarily want to comment on those products, but uh I'll just I'll just say that the movement is is not a movement of products. The movement is a is a movement of meaning.
5: Here's Joe Seavey, founder of the GBC.
2: There's this spiritual essence that draws people in. So people may feel like they can connect with it by making a gesture and participating in a ritual that may be absolutely superficial, but is meaningful unless someone says, that's bullshit. You realize that, you know, just so
5: we're clear here. So what are you to make of it all? The products, the fight over special graveyards versus regular graveyards, the cardboard caskets versus the fancy ones made from exotic hardwoods? What all of this really tells you is that, big shock here, what you want to do with your body is a super personal decision. But let's say you want to get off the machine. No products, no frills, costs under $1,000.
7: Can you? Well, let's find out.
5: Introduce yourself.
7: Sure. My name is Buddy Feneff, and I'm the president of Feneff Funeral Homes and Crematorium and our sister company, the Cremation Society of New Hampshire, and a fourth-generation funeral director. Remember Mandy from the beginning of the story?
4: So this is one of our new additions. This is the cafe. People
5: love this. Well, this is Mandy's boss, Buddy. He's got a strong handshake, well-tailored suit, smiles like a more handsome version of William H. Macy, He's careful not to dismiss Green Burial because, after all, FNEF is the only funeral home in the state that openly
7: advertises a Green Burial package. But he says the name can be misleading. People think green equals inexpensive, and as we know that anyone who owns a Prius or anyone that's you know, it's, it doesn't mean that. So we have a lot of people coming in that say, yep, I'm interested in Green Burial and we have Green Burial packages. And when they realize, oh, there's a casket, no, I got to pay for the cemetery. Oh, no, this is not a five or $600 thing. Um, no thanks, let's talk about cremation. Buddy says
5: that cremation is always, always cheaper than green burial. But since we're on the subject of prices, let's point out a couple things here. At $4,155, FNF's green burial package isn't cheap, but it is $3,000 less than the next cheapest option. So, not exactly peanuts. However, the green burial package doesn't include a burial vault which you will need if there isn't a green cemetery
7: nearby. First off, there's lots of rules and regulations around opening a cemetery, and you can't say, I want to do a green cemetery, and then a year later say, not a great idea, Now I want to put condos up. I mean, once you commit to a cemetery, it's forever. While green burial grounds are popping up here and there,
5: there still aren't that many. Hi, uh, my name's Taylor. Uh, I'm a producer with New It took me a few days to get in touch with a trustee from Chikurowa Cemetery, a municipal burial ground in Tamworth, New Hampshire one of four supposed green burial sites um, in the state. So, so do you not require vaults? This one is what people call a hybrid. The plots only cost 600 bucks, but in three years, they've only sold two. So I asked a, the trustee if the green burial ground was open to everyone or just the town is residents. Is that how this works, or is it for anybody who is interested? He said he wasn't sure, and he'd have to get back to me. You don't really even have policies on it because it hasn't come up. Plus, with hardly any green cemeteries around, funeral directors aren't under a lot of pressure to provide or even learn about the practice. I, I do you offer assistance or packages for green burial services? I cold-called a handful of funeral homes in the area and asked if they would assist a family with green uh, burial. So, so, no casket, maybe a shroud. Uh, One of them embalming. said yes. Uh, One said no, he'd never okay. heard of it. Um, do you do you require embalming? Do you know? And the rest said, "I'm not sure. I'll get back to you." Um, no, that's okay. All right, thank you. Here's my conclusion. You want to get off the machine? You can. People do it. But it's really, really, really hard. You need to think about this way in advance. You'd need to do a home funeral, probably, or nix it entirely, file your own paperwork, skip all the extras, maybe even arrange to have a body buried on your property, all of which are technically legal here in New Hampshire. But every state has its own set of hurdles and rules. With a little research and pre-planning, you can figure something out. Maybe get close to what you wanted and cut costs by even a few thousand dollars. But all in all, you can see why Buddy is a little skeptical. You might not love the machine, but it gets the job done. So while you're listening to this story, in the back of your head, you're probably thinking about yourself, about what you want to happen when you die. And maybe you're thinking about this hypothetically, like, you know, what would happen if I won the lottery? But, spoiler alert, your death is not hypothetical. It's gonna happen. Uh, have you guys, like, planned it more, like, you know? like.
2: Not really, we, we, we've just been too busy to, to give it that much thought. I mean,
5: oh my goodness, Ryan, after all this? Here's the thing, folks, if you don't start talking about this now, like right now, there are no guarantees. So do a little Googling, come up with a plan, and put it on a piece of paper. Because if you don't, if you keep pushing it off, one day, the machine will whir to life. And that'll be that. No matter how badly you wanted to be a tree.
4: I'd like to think that most of our not planning comes from not planning to die anytime soon. (laughs) We're both pretty young and healthy. Nobody
2: plans to die.
4: (laughs) Don't jinx
3: it. Outside In was produced this week by Taylor Quimby, Maureen McMurray, and me, Sam Evans-Brown, with help from Logan Shannon, Molly Donahue, and Jimmy Gutierrez. Special thanks to Kelsey Erickson, who hosts
5: a podcast called Deathcast. She actually passed along this idea of doing a green burial story to us. But if you want to hear more about the gross details of embalming and other aspects of the funeral industry, that's the podcast to check out.
3: Also, thanks to Lee Webster, who is on the board of the National Home Funeral Alliance and came by to answer some of our weirdest death questions. This is one of those stories that sort of left us with as many questions as it did answers. And if you're in the same boat, send your funeral queries to outsidein at nhpr.org. We'll see if we can track down an answer and get back to you. And uh,
5: let us know, what do you want to do with your body after you die? Tweet us your 140-character post-life plans
3: at OutsideInRadio. Music this week from Poddington Bear and Blue Dot Sessions. Our theme music is by Breakmaster Cylinder, and I'm your host, Sam Evans-Brown. Outside In is a production of New Hampshire Public Radio.
8: die our bodies become the grass and the antelope eat the grass and so we are all connected in the great circle of life
6: it's that time of the year your vacation is coming up you can already hear the beach waves feel the warm breeze relax and think about work